The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Hallelujah. Come on, someone say amen. Take your Bibles and turn in the New Testament to the book of Acts. In chapter 28, if you would. I remember many, many years ago when I first went to the Hawaiian Islands, my mama took me to this uh, guest speaker at a church. And um, she, she preached. And I'll never forget being called up for the very first time by her. She called me up, said, young man, come here. I was young back then. And uh, she prophesied about my life. And uh, when I heard the words that she was prophesying, my mind couldn't grasp it because it was so impossible what she was saying. But my spirit did backflips. So my spirit is just shouting and having a party, saying, yes, it's God. And my mind is saying, there is no way that could ever happen. Well, everything she prophesied over 20 years ago now came about. It was the word of the Lord. It was the word of the Lord. You could read in the Psalms, I think it's Psalm 109. It's in the hundreds. It says, the word of the Lord tested Joseph until it came to pass. We're going to read Acts 28 and the life in a section in the life of the Apostle Paul. And I want to talk to you about the Word of the Lord. Because if you don't know the Word of the Lord, or you can't get the Word of the Lord, or you don't even know what I'm talking about right now, like, what are you talking about? What is the Word of the Lord? What is that? Well, you need to know. Because it'll be very hard for you to fulfill what God's called you to do if you don't know what the Word of the Lord is over your own life. If you don't know the Word of the Lord over the people that you're walking with, the vision that you're a part of. In the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, it says there was rebellion and people cast off restraint because the Word of the Lord was rare. The word of the Lord in your life cannot be rare. needs to be abundant. All right. Deuteronomy, pardon me. Deuteronomy 28 is good also, but Acts 28. Stand up on your feet. Acts 28. I'm going to read from the New International Version, 2004 version. Because the 2011 and on is lame. Just say it. All right. Acts 28, verse 1. 
Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. And the islanders show us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. How many of you like a fire when it's cold and raining? Me too. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, This man must be a murderer, for though he escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. Wow. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island, and he welcomed us to his home and for three days entertained us hospitably, pardon me, with his hospitality. I was close. Verse 8. His father was sick in bed, suffering from a fever and dysentery, and Paul went in to see him, and after prayer he placed his hands on him and he healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways. And when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. Father, thank you for what you've done already in the service. Your presence is rich and so fresh and so real. And we stand in awe of who you are and what you've done, the healings and the miracles that we will yet hear about. Now in the moments that remain of this service, I pray that you would speak to us, giving us living understanding, and that we would never be the same. And the effects of this service would have far-reaching effects even to eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. What do you do when you have a problem that comes up, when you have an obstacle that faces you? You say, well, I pray. Well, that's a good thing, pray. It's a good thing to pray when you have an obstacle. It's a good thing to pray when you're happy. It's a good thing to pray at all times and always. Supplications and all kinds of prayers. It's wonderful to pray. What do you do when you have a problem? Some people run, some people hide, some people throw in the towel. Paul was not moved by what happened to him here. I remember and I have learned over the years what to do when I face a problem. And I don't mean a problem like, oh, my car won't start. I mean something that's potentially life-threatening. Now, when I first got here, I had a number of life-threatening things happen to me. The truck, the church truck froze. I've told that story many times. And I half, was half convinced that the church tried to kill me from all the hard messages I was preaching. <laughs> As God brought the fire here in a fresh way and wasn't so convinced of the love. You know what I mean? <laughs> but God spared me anyway. <laughs> and it was shortly thereafter that I got invited to take a trip on a boat. Some of you were here, it was November, and uh, the snow had not yet really hammered, but it had gotten colder, and we went deer hunting. 
It's when the snow comes into the, the mountains and push the deer down, and then you, you hunt along the shores. And so we took a boat out there. 2007 was the year. And, uh, you know, we went out there, and I began to get nervous when the GPS stopped working. I began to get nervous when we began to get hammered by weather. And in listening to the weather report, there was two storms that were converging where we were in the Prince William Sound. I want to say by Night Island, somewhere out there, for those of you that know that area. The seas grew, and it got so violent that we had to find a, you know, a, a cove to go in and to, to, you know, let the storm pass. We set a tent up, snowed real hard that night. There were other vessels in that cove, except they were like 30 feet long. So when a 30, 25 and 30 foot, you know, vessel is in there with a smaller boat that we had, we figured we probably had a problem. We went hunting the next day to no avail. And uh, the next night got hammered again. Except this time, the waters rose so high, there was no place to put a tent. We decided to sleep on the boat because we were concerned that we would lose it. And we discovered that we didn't have the proper anchor. We didn't have the proper lighting. We didn't have the GPS. It's not working. Thank God for a satellite phone, which we're thinking about. You know, we had a satellite phone. We're thinking about using it. You know, when you, you get pulled out, you call and you call for help. You know what you leave? Everything. Your boat, your weapons, everything. It all stays and you get rescued and everything else. Merry Christmas. So we're not at that point. I'll never forget going to bed that night, getting absolutely hammered by the, by the waves and the wind and the, the anchor line giving way and having to keep us from off the rocks. It was a, it was a brutal night. And so I prayed in the Spirit for hours. I'm talking troubled. I realized this is not good. I've got a job to do, and it certainly ain't about hunting. I came here for revival. Lord, am I outside your will? And so, maybe, so I repent. I felt I had peace about going, but I repented anyway. How do you know repentance is good? Yeah, so I repent, and I... And I pray, and I pray, and I pray. I mean, I've got zero peace. I'm talking, we've got a, Houston, we have a problem, right? So it's not, I've got no peace. When you have no peace, you have a problem. Better stop doing whatever you're doing and get your peace back. And I began to intercede and pray and pray in tongues. And, you know, I couldn't call my wife, but I know she was praying and staring at the weather as she does. And finally, after hours of intercession and declaring revival and the reason I'm, I'm breathing, I know why I'm alive. I'm, I'm not alive to have another candy bar. I'm not alive just to have some fun. Although we like candy bars and we have lots of fun. I'm here for one purpose. And that's to turn people to God. To love God with all my heart and to, to be a lover of God and a deliverer of men. I'm here for revival for the state of Alaska. I'm here for revival for America. I'm here for revival in the earth until he comes or, you know, the, or the sound, the trumpet sound happens or however he's going to do it. That's why I'm alive. That's why I'm breathing. I know why I'm alive. 
and I'm, full, I'm living and walking in it. So I know I'm not supposed to drown. I know I'm not supposed to sink in some boat. I know, I know that th- this, is, this is wrong. Something's wrong with this picture. So I intercede and I declare the word of the Lord, meaning the purpose for which I was alive, I declare as I'm praying. After two or three hours, finally, it's kind of like a balloon popped or something. And the peace of God came all over me. And God spoke to me, clear as a bell. And I don't mean like, oh, was that the Lord? No, I mean like he spoke to me. And he said, son, there's two storms that are coming. And we knew that already. He said, I'm going to give you a window. You run through the window for this trip is no longer about hunting. I said, amen. Yes, Lord. And had the most incredible sleep for the next hour and a half. (laughs) Not real long. I remember waking up and like, it's beautiful out. I mean, there's, there, there's, the wind is stopped. There's peace. There's a calm. And the guy, one of the guys says, dude, let's go hunting. I said, oh no, no, we're not going hunting. And they said, well, what's the matter? I said, God spoke to me. How many of you know when God spoke to you, he spoke to you. I said, God spoke to me. There's two storms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, and there's a window. This is the window. The Lord told me he was going to give this to us because it's not about hunting anymore. Go home. And the one guy says, that's God. I said, yeah, I know. There's three of us. We hightailed it out of that place. I'm not kidding. You could see this thing just converging as we skipped right through this little window. And by the time we got into Whittier, I think it's Whittier, Whittier. By the time we got into Whittier, that thing was beginning to hammer, and we skipped right out of the jaws of death, I believe. The word of the Lord. What's amazing is that God's power is available for you every in your everyday life. Not just in a service, not just now. His presence is available for you tomorrow morning when you wake up and your coffee machine doesn't work. He's available for you when you're facing the biggest obstacle, challenge, or trial of your life. He's waiting for you to to pray, to to call upon him, to touch the hem of his garment. And here is this Apostle Paul. He's escaped the sea. If you read the, the text, there's a shipwreck that takes place. He told them not to sail, but they didn't listen to the man of God on this ship called Andromeda. A nor'easter comes and pounds the daylights out of them. And they, 276 on board, escape because Paul had a word from the Lord. And he had a word from the Lord, and the Lord said, just nobody, get, don't let anybody off the boat and you'll all survive. And they all survived, but the boat was destroyed. Paul was being helpful as they were there, and he begins to gather sticks to make a fire. And it's kind of amazing. I don't know if you went from, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire, because that's the way it is for Paul, except I don't think he really knows it. So he escapes the shipwreck, and then a viper bites him, a snake. Bites him in the hand. And he shakes the thing off, and all of the islanders are like, Oh, he's dead, because they know what kind of snake it is. How many of you know, come on, you know what certain kind of scat looks like, right? You, you know things about Alaska. You can tell weather. You can look. You can feel it. Sometimes you can smell rain or snow, or, you know, you can see animal tracks and go, oh, that's a, a bar. 
Okay, okay, so I'm telling you, they knew what kind of snake bit him. They were like, oh, that's some kind of a snake. They knew it was a poisonous snake. So he should have dropped dead. But Jesus said that nothing by any means will harm you. So he shakes this viper off, and he's falsely accused. Has anybody been falsely accused? He's falsely accused by the islanders. I mean, you know, some people purposely lie to undermine other people. But one of the things that I've found is so amazing, and don't be so quick to judge people. One of the things I've found is so amazing is that you can find one person, I mean, they'll pass a polygraph. They'll t- they will tell you this is the truth and take a bullet for it, yet, in fact, it's a bold-faced lie, but they don't know that it's a lie. And so you can have two people that view things a certain way, and both of them pass polygraphs. Both of them stand before the Lord and say, I know it's true, so help me God. I mean it with every part of their being. But what's amazing to me is, is that they can be totally polar, opposite sides, completely opposite each other, both declaring that they're saying the truth. Isn't that amazing? These islanders judge him, and <laughs> they're wrong. Some people like to lie and tell, tell stories and accuse people. Some people are do, not doing it on purpose. Other people do it on purpose. Witchcraft. Some are just stupid. Actually, my notes say ignorant. That sounds better. Some are just ignorant. (laughs) How does Paul respond to a problem? So we'll bring some application. How does Paul respond to a problem? Listen, if you're facing a problem and things happen and they go wrong, just learn to shake it off. Come on. Everybody say shake it off. There was an old uh, donkey. And... um, he served well, but he was old. And so the farmer decided, you know what, we got to get rid of Bessie. had hip dysplasia and all kinds of problems. And <laughs> it's a donkey. We'll call him Jack. So they put, what? So they put Jack. They're just going to bury Jack in a well. There was a well that had gone dry, and so they're just going to lower Jack down into the well, bury him. So they lower Jack down all the way down to the bottom of the well, and they get, you know, the farmer gets some of his sons, and they begin to shovel, shovel soil in to fill, up, to fill up the well. Well, Jack was old, but he wasn't dumb. And he would just feel that dirt hit his back and just, just shake it off. And that kept happening, and soon the dirt was up around his, you know, up around his knees. So he just stepped up. More dirt came. He continued to shake, continued to step up. Before you know it, without them looking, Jack, that old donkey, stuck his head up over the top. Listen, you might be going through some obstacles. You might be going through some problems. Just learn to shake it off. Come on, somebody say shake it off. Shake it off and step up. Obstacles and problems are opportunities for your promotion. They're springboards to bring you into greater things for the Lord. 
This momentary light affliction is working for you a far exceeding weight of glory, not only now, but in the age to come. And if you'll just learn to shake it off, you'll learn to just get through the pain and obey God, trust God. Don't matter what anybody else says, as long as you're obeying God, as long as you're living for Him. Now, if you're not, and you're acting the fool, and you're all shacked up, then you might as well just put a bullseye on your chest and wait for impact from hell. Come on, somebody say, shake it off and step up. Paul goes about serving the Lord like nothing happened. I've known folks, including myself, that just, you know, you just want to lick your sores, lick your wounds. Man, just keep working. Keep working, keep serving, keep praying, keep giving, keep, keep reading, keep, keep believing, keep keeping on. Don't let go. Old mother in the church said to Johnny, said, Johnny, how you doing? He says, I'm all right. And she said, well, you just keep keeping on then. And she kept saying that to him, just keep keeping on. Some of you need to graph that in your heart. Don't quit. I mean, if you quit, then you're in trouble. I think about the things that have happened in my own life, and I, I look on the, on the lives of other saints that have gone through some trials. Listen, if you don't have any scars, I kind of wonder. Listen, you're going to go through stuff. And I'm so thankful. I was young and dumb, and now I'm old and a little wiser. You will go through things. And when you go through them, yay, 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 though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walk through the valley. Go through. Just keep going. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Just keep. Come on, Nemo. That was bonus. That was for the youth tonight. Bonus. Bless you. He shook it off and kept working and kept going about his business as if nothing happened. It's an interesting thing. I went to the chiropractor today. And as I sat at the chiropractor's office, God bless those guys. As I sat there, you know, anybody ever been to the chiropractor, been to the doctor before? Okay, so they begin to interview you. So, okay, did you have any falls or anything? No, no, okay. Okay, what's going on? Well, you know, like, what's going on? So, let me feel what's going on. And dude, I realized I have a lot of pain in my body. No, really. So I start, well, my neck, and then, you know, both shoulders, and actually my elbows, and I have some burning sensation, and, and, I, and, and my, my right hip, and it's just moving down. I'm like, I'm not feeling so good right now. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You can focus. How many of you ever cut yourself? You ever a little kid, they cut themselves, they stare at it. Ah! Ah! Just, you know, get them to look away. Come on, Heidi, you know what I'm talking about, right? They're like, oh, that's a real, it's okay. Ah! And they look at it, they freak. Some of you keep staring at your problem. Keep looking at the thing that bit you. Keep talking about the painful, whoa, whoa, woe's me. Oh, what am I going to do? Stand up, pray in the spirit, serve God, declare the word of the Lord, get working. It's like the more I, come on. Stare at yourself, realize how fat you are, and Jesus, help us out. (laughs) 
You look in the mirror too long? Start coming in agreement with that voice that says your nose is crooked? Start feeling good about yourself till you turn sideways? Then you realize, oh no. Paul didn't focus on the problem. He needed some heat. He focused on serving. He, got about, he just went about business. Come on, somebody say, get about the business. What did Jesus say? Did you not know I'd be about my father's business? Get about the father's business. Come on, get your eyes off of those that are around you. Get, get about the Father's business and watch the life of God flow through you. Watch obstacles fall away and watch God promote you. He had a word from the Lord. The end result of it was God's power was released. The venom didn't affect him. Accusations turned to accolades. Oh, judgment too. He's a God. They changed their minds. God opens this supernatural door, this opportunity for healing to take place. We've used this text, I've preached from it many times, we've used this text in the teaching of uh, the KSM, King School of Ministry students, as well as uh, people that were discipling and healing. You'll notice that he prays. So he's invited, he gets his promotion, he gets his invitation to Publius Estate. Don't name your kid Publius, whatever you do. Pastor Alex and Sister Shelby had their baby, praise God, this morning. So they'll be, on, they'll be on leave and vacation, enjoying themselves here for a week or so. He's promoted. He's invited to Publius' house, and, and so there's a sickness there, and he begins to pray. And he lays hands. Come on, some people don't know about laying on of hands. Learn to, learn, listen, your hands are registered weapons in the kingdom. As long as, they're, as long as you have clean hands and a pure heart. Come on, somebody say, as long as I have clean hands. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Some people's hands, you don't know where they've been. So you don't want them touching you. He lays hands and a great wave of salvation people believed and you got to ask yourself, why wasn't the Apostle Paul affected by the shipwreck? Why wasn't the Apostle Paul affected by the snake? I want you to turn to Acts 23. One of the reasons, everybody say one. One of the reasons is he had a word from the Lord. Listen, I know I'm not going to die on an airplane. I'm going to fulfill my, I'm going to fulfill my track. I'm going to fulfill the call of God in my life. Amen. The Apostle Paul in Acts 23, verse 11, it says, The following night, the Lord stood near Paul, wow, and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify about me in Rome. He had a word from the Lord. And so standing on Malta after a shipwreck and a snake, he had to go, well, the same Rome. Jim LaFoon's son, now I forget his name, uh, he's called to uh, the Arab nations to preach and proclaim and demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom. And he knows how he's going to die. He knew how he was going to die from the time he was eight or nine years old, so the story goes. And, and uh, he's a great preacher. Maybe we'll get to have him up here one time. We'll have Jim LaFoon up for sure. So he knows the nation that he's going to die in. 
and he knows the circumstances. He had an open vision the Lord showed him. So he's, he's there, and I forget. Do you remember what nation that was? Do you remember? Well, he was in one of those very violent Arab countries, okay? <laughs> and so he's there, and he's surrounded by a group of people who start mocking him and taunting him, and people come with guns, and they're just going to shoot him. And they're telling him in Arabic, you're going to die now, this is it. And he's totally terrified, and then he realizes... Wrong country. Wrong country, wrong situation, and the joy of the Lord hits him. And he starts laughing. So they're screaming, they're screaming at him. It's like an Arab pirate right there. (laughs) They're yelling Arabic at him, and they're waving guns and telling him he's going to die, which he can all understand because he can speak Arabic, and he begins to laugh. And I don't mean the kind of like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, he's like, ah, he loses it, laughing hysterically. And finally, a policeman's there and finally says to him, what are you laughing at? He says, well, I know I'm going to die. And I know I'm going to die at the hands of Arabs. I know that. But it's not here. I'm going to die in this other country because God showed me. And he's like, and he just starts laughing again. And the guy's like, okay. And he dismissed everybody, and he went off to his apartment. That's what the word of the Lord will do for you. The word of the Lord will split the, 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 the sky. The word of the Lord will split waters, will, will cause God's power to be put on display. The word of the Lord will change circumstances in your life. You just need to learn how to speak it. You need to learn how to unsheathe the two-edged sword of God's word and get the enemy off. You will learn how to wield it. Declare it. Proclaim it. Why wasn't Paul affected? I think he had a word from the Lord. And his, Paul's life is marked by the words of Jesus. In Acts 16, verse 9, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing, begging him, come over to Macedonia to help us. In Acts 18, verse 9 through 11, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking. Don't be silent. For I am with you. No one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. Listen, if, if God before you, who can be against you? If God's protection is over you, then what do you have to worry about? Listen, you could be on an outskirts of hell in a shack with a water pistol. You want me to say that again? You could be on the outskirts of hell in a shack with a water pistol. If God called you to be there, you got nothing to worry about. Just keep squirting, you know what I mean? If he didn't call you to be on the outskirts of hell with a water pistol, you better take your two little feet and run, run back to Jesus. And get the order straight. For fools go where angels fear to tread. Paul stayed there, verse 11, for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. Listen tonight, very simple message. Very simple He's got a word for you in the midst of your situation. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I think it's funny too. (laughs) God's got a word for you. God has a word for you. (laughs) Man, I think I just got the joy myself. Praise the Lord. God's got a word for you in the midst of your situation. What situation you're in? What difficulty is it? Get 
a word from the Lord. Come on. Let there be light. I think that was a pretty powerful word. What do you think? And there was light. You can get the word of the Lord a number of different ways. The word of the Lord comes in various ways. I've shared this with you before, but circumstances, God can speak through circumstances. I'm constantly looking for Lord. I'm walking with him. I, I do my best to abide with him and not grieve him. And as I go through airports, man, I, I just, I look on news. God's spoken to me through newspaper headlines. You know, I, I don't know if Pastor Alex remembers this, but they came years ago, and they, we invited them to come to see if they'd like to be part of the team here in Alaska. So we, we flew him and Shelby up, and uh, they ministered and had a great time, but they were going to go take a cruise, and they didn't know whether it was God's will for them to come or not. So they're going to pray. Praise God. How many of you know you, you should pray? So they didn't really have a word from the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm sensing, my wife and I are sensing, oh, this is God. Number of reasons for that without going into that. So we're going to give them some salmon. Glory to God, there's kings in the deshka. Come on, everybody say hallelujah. We're going to give them some salmon to take home to enjoy. And so, you know, we would take frozen salmon, wrap it in newspaper, stuff it in. How many of you know this method? Wrap it in a newspaper, stuff it in a trash bag, and you stick it in the middle of their suitcase as long as it's a direct flight. Don't be trying to do that when you bring it down to some other nation or something. They lose your be prey, they don't lose your bag. Pretty hard on one, one, you know, one leg, pretty hard to lose the bag. But that's why you double bag it just in case. So we've got the salmon out, we're starting to pack it, and we run out of newspaper. And so the newspapers were stored outside in a shed. And so I went to go get more newspaper to wrap the salmon. We're talking about the word of the Lord. So I go to my box of newspapers. Now it's up high. And I walk in and I see the box and I go to reach and I go, Yeah, Lord, as God is my witness, this is what happened. I said, Lord, would you just give them a word right off the front page? Because we had a bunch of newspapers we never even read. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? They're all in the bag. Yeah, we got rid of our, I know it's not good stewardship, but how many of you know, you get busy sometimes, you got all the bags of the newspapers, right? Frontiersmen or whatever it is. Is that, is that just me? All right, God bless you, all right? So, so we had this bag, and we used it for starting fires. And all that. So I said, Lord, just give me, a, give me a word right off the front page. So I reach in, and I pull out newspaper. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, come on, it's going to be good. Praise you, Jesus. And so I, I walk in. It's in the bag, so I don't see it. And so I hand him the, I hand him the newspaper. I said, here, here, open that one up. He opens it up, and on the front page, across the front page, it says, goodbye, Mom and Dad. And they were living in, their home, in, the, in the home of the parents at the time. As I recall. Now, we'll have to ask Pastor Alex to be sure. But it was definitely saying goodbye to mom and dad because they would leave the island and would be goodbye, mom and dad. I mean, they look at it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I mean, I got freaked out. <laughs> Anybody ever been freaked out by the very thing that came out of your own mouth? <laughs> Everybody say the word of the Lord. It can come through Scripture. It can come through circumstance. It can come through a prophetic voice. Creation. All of creation speaks of his glory. 
He could use this message right now. Could come through counsel. There's a lot of different ways, but you must have the word of the Lord for your life. God speaks to people. His sheep know and hear his voice. It is abnormal to not know the word of the Lord over your life. You say, well, you're freaking me out because I don't know what it is. Well, then do something. Get God's word. For he knows, come on, I'll give you one right now. How many of you want one? You ready? Ready? Here's the word. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's for all of you. Go ahead and look at it. I'm not kidding. It's one of the first ones I ever got. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know. Come on. That's the keyboard thing. Come on. Oh, you're going to play? Yeah, come on. Everybody say, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Come on, put Jeremiah 29, 11 up on the screen. Mm-hmm. I know the plans I have. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Man, my voice needs some help up in here. Jesus, right now, touch me. Touch. <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you. Where's the people that need a word from the Lord? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Let's go to the New King James. New King James over in the media booth. Or King James. Whatever your pleasure. Mm, You need a word from the Lord. I'll tell you the best words I ever got was from the Lord himself. When he spoke to me. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Oh, that's so good, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Listen, you can't afford to have a thought inside your head that God doesn't have towards you. Some of you think all kinds of things in your head that God doesn't have, that he doesn't say that about you at all. You need to banish, you need to, you need to just delete all the stuff that's in your head that God doesn't say and begin to begin to just get down in the city of your soul, in your heart. You need to renew your mind by the Word of God. You need to memorize the Word. Get the Word of the Lord. And don't have thoughts in your head that He doesn't have towards you. Listen, there's an identity problem in the church. You need to, you need to come to find out who you are. I'm almost done. And learn to stand on it. Lord, you said, I, I, you know what really bothers me is anemic, apathetic, half-hearted, no-confidence prayers. Well, God, you know everything. and Lord, if, it's your, if I'm supposed to die right now, I think you should know whether you're supposed to die or not. What do you think about that? That's just what I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You should know the word of the Lord over your life. Come on, lift your hands all across this place and learn to stand on it. Shake off your problems. Keep doing what God's called you to do. Keep preaching. Keep praying. Keep giving. Keep believing. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You put that back up in the King James. For I know the plans I have for you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. 
For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Mm, thoughts of peace like a river. 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 Thoughts of peace like Thoughts of peace. Come on, worship team. Thoughts of peace. Not of evil. You're going to fulfill your destiny. You will fulfill your purpose. You'll not miss what God has for you. Because you can't walk with God, talk with God, and abide with Him like you are and miss it. You will never miss destiny when you make Him your goal. God's hand is mightily upon your life. I'm going to release the plan and purpose for you. It burns in you. Even like Jeremiah, there's a burning of the Word of the Lord in you. You're, you're feeling my presence. You're experiencing my power, but half the story is yet to be told. For I'm going to release my word through you to couples. I'm going to release my word through you to children. I see God raising you up like a lightning rod of his power and his presence. That when you counsel and when you stand, you will see displays of his splendor and his glory. The hard heart will turn. The Lord says, I'm using you to turn the hardest of hearts towards me, says the Lord. You've spoken. You You've declared it. You have prayed. And I am moving. Don't shrink back from the word of the Lord. Don't shrink back from what I said. Don't shrink back. For I know the plans I have for you. To bring you to an expected end. Come on, stand up on your feet. If you're going through difficulty today. I'm not saying difficulty is not the Lord. 200 and what? 76 souls on board? That was pretty difficult. But could God trust the Apostle Paul to stand on the Word so 276 people could be saved? I think they all got saved in the healing revival that took place on Malta. And go do some history, some Christian history about the island of Malta and what God did there. He brought a revival. Can God trust you to walk through the difficulty? Or are you going to quit? God allowed that to happen. Place the Apostle Paul in a ship that was being destroyed by a storm so that he would stand on the word and 270, I think it's 276, were able to survive. They would not have survived if God hadn't placed one man of God on the boat to say the Lord said. I believe that God has placed you in a boat. The circumstances of your life the people that are on the right and the left of you, the people that know you. They know where you come from or what you've been through. Maybe they're your, your next door neighbor. I believe there's a mighty shaking that's coming. I believe there's coming a mighty shaking. I believe, yes, I do believe that one day we're going to have an economic fallout. They all say it. I don't know who's going to be the next president. I just know that God's on the throne. And that if we'll learn to abide, learn to remain, learn to rest in Him, walk with Him, learn to declare the word of the Lord, the crooked places will be made straight and every mountain be brought low and every valley be raised up. There will come a day where the Lord splits the eastern sky. You'll split the eastern sky. Yes. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Oh, yes. Come on, put your hands together for God. Woo.
every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you're not right with God, don't you leave this place without being reconciled to Him. It's called repentance. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Repent. Ask Him to forgive you. Believe that He died on a cross and rose again from the grave. From the youngest to the oldest in this place, service is almost over. Don't mess around. Receive and hear the words tonight. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. But if, if you have not received Him, and you're still in your sin, then repent tonight and be reconciled. Receive the free gift of God. Eternal life through Christ Jesus. If that's you, you want to get right with God for the first time, or perhaps you have prayed that prayer of repentance and believing on Him, but you drifted, and you want to be included, you want to come back home, Or perhaps the devil lies to you and you're just not sure. You, you hope you're saved, but you're just not sure. If you fit in any of those three categories, one, you want to receive Jesus for the first time. You've never done that before, but tonight's your night. Your heart's beating within your chest and you know it. You want to get right with God. You want heaven to be your home. You want him to be the Lord of your life, to lead you, guide you, direct you, and use you for the purpose for which he created you. You want to pray that prayer for the first time. Or... Secondly, you drifted and you want to come back. You know you're living a life of compromise. It's a painful life. God's calling you home to sell out, to be somebody who's not a compromising believer, to be somebody who's on fire for him. Every chamber of your heart, no hidden agenda, no hidden secrets, no stuff you're doing in darkness that you shouldn't do. You come all the way back home. Or three, you just want to be sure. If you fit in any of those categories, giving your life to Jesus for the first time, number two, coming home, selling out, getting away from compromise and coming back to Christ. Or number three, you just want to be sure. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. You want to be included in this prayer. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Do it right now. Quickly come here. Meet me here. Quickly come without thinking about it. Quick, run if you can. Quickly come. Leaders, please. Quickly come. Quickly come. God's got a brand new life for you. Come on right here. God's got a brand new life for you. I want you to activate the evangelist in you. You're out in the congregation. Turn to the person to the right to the left and ask him, hey man, are you right with God? If you're not, I'll go down with you. And if, they're, if they say, yeah, I, I need to go down, then come on down with them. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Oh, the precious blood will cleanse you from all your guilt and all your shame. He'll wash you. All right, y'all, just look up at me here. Look at me now. I'm going to pray this very simple prayer. It's sort of a formula that we have. Believing that Jesus died on a cross. Do you believe that? You believe that he rose again from the grave. You believe that? Every man is given a measure of faith. And so you were going to come before him and you're going to ask him to forgive you for all the stuff you've ever done. You ever lied before? Don't lie again. Yes, you did. You ever stolen? You ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Have you ever lusted after someone? Well, we just broke a whole bunch of the Ten Commandments right there. You, you need a Savior. You can't earn it. If you could ever earn it, if you could ever be good enough, then Jesus never had to die. But his blood will cleanse you from all 
your sin by faith in the book of Isaiah it says though your sins be as scarlet I'll wash them and make them as white as snow though your sins be red like crimson like blood I'll I'll make them as white as wool that's what he does for those that come to him that's why it's called good news you can't earn it you can't pay you just gotta just believe just like they would say in a bygone generation only believe just believe bow your heads all of you pray right out loud say dear heavenly father come on pray it like you mean it say dear heavenly father thank you for sending your only son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and to rise again from the grave for me I come to you tonight and I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin I'm sorry come into my life and wash me and cleanse me and make me new write my name in the Lamb's book of life be my Lord be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I say I'm born again. My sin is gone. It's been thrown as far as the east is from the west. I'm washed in the blood. God has a plan for my life. He has a purpose for me. I will not suffer under condemnation or guilt or shame anymore. Every curse is broken. Don't mess around. Every curse is broken. I'm free by the blood of the Lamb. Every chain be broken in my life. I renounce secret and shameful ways tonight. I'm free by the power of the blood of Jesus. Say again and say, I'm free by the power of the blood of Jesus. He took out the heart of stone. He puts in a heart of flesh. I'm a new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. I will fulfill my purpose for the kingdom of God. I will fulfill the purpose for which I was created. The devil has no hold on me. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Lift your hands all across this place. Now you need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need the power of the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You need to forgive, too. Some of you are holding stuff about your parents. You need to let it go. Forgive them. Say, I forgive. Whatever. I mean, if that fits. I don't want to make you say something, but I feel that. I sense that there's unforgiveness here. you got to get that stuff out. The ex-wife, the ex-girlfriend, the ex-boyfriend, the ex-drug dealer. Come on, you, the former pastor, former church. Some church hurts in here. I feel that. Come on, just forgive him. Why? Because Jesus died for that too. Forgive him. Say it right out loud. I forgive. And, you know, and then fill in the blank yourself. Do you get it? Come on, just talk to Jesus right now. Forgive him.
I forgive, and then tell whoever did. Come on, do I have to say it out loud? Yes. It's important to say it out loud. Bunch of father wounds in here. You need to forgive your dad. Listen, dads can't give what they don't have. So you just got to forgive him. That's one of the ways you honor your father and mother is just by forgiving them. Why? Because you're honorable and because you're now born again, you forgive him. You just forgive him. Jesus died for that. If you don't forgive him, you'll be subject to the tormentor all of your life. That's not God's plan. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray, fill these right now. He's healing his son. He's healing. Truth is, you should be dead many times over situations and circumstances that you went through are absolutely unthinkable to the normal person. But I've spared you over and over and over again. The devil has a plan for you. And tonight, you've decided to get off of that path. You've been trying to do that. You're going to find it much easier after tonight. I'm filling you with my spirit, says the Lord. And I'm going to put my power in you. And if you are willing and you obey and you seek me with all your heart, you will find me in a way that others have not. And I will use you. And I will send you back to the very places that you almost died. And you will be a voice for me, says God. You'll be a voice. Don't be in a rush. There's years of training before that happens. There's years of training, healing, before that happens. Be free! Come on, let the Lord touch you. Pastor Vince, lay hands on people. Pastors, go. Mike, go. Go, lay hands. Be filled. Church, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Sing in the Spirit, Heidi. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. Be free. In the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free. Holy Ghost. Hey. Be free tonight.
Come on, just pray in the Spirit. Service is almost over. We're almost done. I know I went a little bit long tonight of God's touching people. Come on, just let the Holy Spirit touch you a few moments longer and we'll be done. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Receive. Be healed. Be free. In Jesus' name, addiction go. Be filled tonight. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. Power and dominion, they belong to you. Amen. Pastor Vince, would you just come here for a moment, please? Pastor Vince is one of our pastors on staff, great man of God. He's going to be in the lobby. Generally, what we, what we like to do is get, get your name and your information so we can help you grow in God. If you want us to help you grow in God, would you see Pastor Vince or one of the connect? Tammy, would you come, please, also? One of our connect people. And there's others, but they'll be out there with some information, all right? And if you want that, and you want, us to, you want to be a part of uh, what's happening here, you want to help get discipled, then we're, we'll help you. Listen, it's crazy. If a baby was born to put a baby on a step and say, well, hope it works out. You got a lot to learn. You receive Jesus, and you got to get discipled. We're, we love discipling people. That's what it's all about. Got to get healed. You got to get discipled. So you be sure to see them or one of the team out there, all right? Thank you so much. Father, we thank you and praise you for what you've done tonight. Come on, just thank him. We give you glory, honor, dominion, power, and authority belongs to you. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you bless these as they go, as they stay. Cause your face to shine upon us, O oh God. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Every mountain be brought low. Every valley be raised up. Crooked places be straight. And even so, come, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Oh, let me say one more thing. This Saturday will be the last Saturday night service we have for the whole summer, this whole next season, all right? So it's going to be totally awesome. We'd love to have you Saturday night, 6 o'clock, and that'll be the last one for the summer months, and we'll let you know more. Hope to see you Saturday or Sunday morning, Sunday night. God bless you. Praise God. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.